Hey folks, uh, we're happy that you enjoyed the podcast and we know that we talk about dark subjects and oftentimes our humor can get a little bit uh, dark about that, but we want you to know that we don't take it lightly and we actually really care about you. And if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts right now, we would prefer that you contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, they're great people. They have the resources that can help uh, you get through it. And we prefer that you talk to mental health professionals uh, if you're truly dealing with some dark thoughts right now. And we're really happy that you're with us. So thank you for staying with us. You know just what to do when The world was gonna kill me. I got a hope in my head. Oh no. Yeah, I know, right? Well, (laughs) but are you okay? (laughs) No, not at all. I just told you somebody once told me the world was gonna kill me. Now you're already on the next time. Do you think that song's about suicide? (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Get your game on. Go play. Wow, that's a that's a sad man. Yeah, that's a sad boy. It's like if your mouth got smashed. Totally. What would a come out? Probably a lot death. of depression. Yeah, death. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of teeth and. Somebody blood. told me the meaning of smash mouth once. What does it mean? Do you know? Is it a sex thing? Probably like a Steely Dan kind of thing. Steely Dan. Steely Dan is named after a vibrator. Oh, really? Yeah, the Steely Dan. <laughs> That's not I, true. I'm being totally serious, but I have no idea what it's they the mean when they say that Dan. it's named after a sex toy. Yeah, Steely yeah. Dan is apparently named after it's a sex toy. It's made of steel, and it's shaped like Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what's, you have you no idea how... yourself with it. You have no idea how Smash Mouth got named? No, do you know? Well, Paul McCartney... Somebody! <laughs> <laughs> somebody named Paul McCartney... <laughs> okay, Paul McCartney, had okay. Had a dream, okay. and apparently in his dream... He was told the name of the band. Wait, Aristotle's got some information here. Aristotle's oh, got, who's not a cat. Aristotle's on the wire. Not a cat. Smash Mouth got their name from an American football term. Smash Mouth got their name from Mike Ditka's term, Smash Mouth football. Okay. Cool. Is that the whole thing? Mike Ditka? They're not going to tell us what Mike Ditka meant this when he said... The Bears De Bears. The uh, Bears Got thing? his mouth smashed. Wait, what, what? It's, uh, he got the smash mouth. A- Aristotle's trying to show me. A smash mouth offense is an offensive system that relies on a strong running game. Oh, wow. It's just the most boring thing <laughs> Dude, ever. football. <laughs> it's like football hey. math. I hey, what's up? <laughs> We're football math. <laughs> I think we have to acknowledge that coaching sports is one of the more useless jobs right like it's just like go out there and do the football i all mean all the football i've already trained I, you that to. is perhaps you don't need to be there game day 
I think that's perhaps the most reductive thing I've ever heard. Oh, why? Because coaches are such coaches great don't people. do shit. All right, team, come on. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here. All right, take and a have knee. you smear the name of Mike Ditka, Dave. Take a knee. Our father, who art in heaven, Mike Ditka. <laughs> I'm gonna teach you boys about being an adult. Take a knee, Dave. Okay, I'm Aris- take, Aristotle. Take two knees. I will take a knee, but only for Colin Kaepernick. Dave. Not because you fucking told me to. Dave, take two knees. Okay. Then stick out your erect dick uh as a tripod. Got it. Just just fall forward. And then that's how you stand up. That's how you stand up. (laughs) With your dick and your knees. On my team. (laughs) This is the only way to stand. No, I don't know. Coaching's so weird to me because it's like the players do everything and the coach is like, I've got the ideas. (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) I've got an idea. Yeah, no, I think I know what you mean. They're not playing. You're totally right. But I it's think like it's su- hard. It's like suggestions. <laughs> it's like the guy who gives suggestions. It's not suggestions. <laughs> well, uh, that's like saying that's like saying the president doesn't do anything the army does. The army we should be right. listening to the army. Can I vote for you? <laughs> I think you're raising good points. <laughs> I think you're making a good point. <laughs> wow. Hey, welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. Hi, I'm Hampton Young. Uh, this is a comedy mental health podcast where we joke around about dark shit because uh, that's how we fucking deal with it, bro. Like the president. Like the pre- like dark <laughs> shit. Like the fucking president. Dude, yeah, did you right. see right. uh, Years and Years on HBO? Uh no, I have never. I had never even heard of it. I opened up HBO sometime this week, and uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I watched the trailer, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I watched it. Hmm. It's a mate. You got to watch it. What's it? It's about? a British TV show, uh, made by oh, Studio Chernobyl. Canal. That I think, I mean, HBO must have bought, or maybe it, HBO like uh, paid for it originally. I'm not sure, but um, it's about um. What I mean, it's basically about how it's like estimating how the world will unfold over the next few years now that Trump is president. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's a fun thing that now everybody's really into like, you know, global warming so real that we're all just dead already. We're basically walking ghosts and, you know, global warming will kill us What's especially cool about it is that like as a result they guess like what new technologies will, so it's like a near future dystopia show that's rooted in current reality and it's just really fucking well made and I mean, the first episode moves through five years. I think it starts in 2019 and ends in 2024. And I think every episode is going to be five years or more. Okay. It, they, like, montage their way through it. And, uh, like, the end of the pilot is just... I mean, it's basically... The end of the pilot <laughs> is the end of Trump's presidency. And um, it's terrifying. Year it's the most eight. terrifying shit ever. <laughs> Year nine of his presidency? Yeah. It's 30 years from now. Did they predict a second term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Trump wins his second term, like right at the beginning. <laughs> this um, is just like some guy at a bar, like really. Who is this? No, you is this a scientist? It. Like who's who's saying this is going to happen? It's a fiction TV show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like a story that was written. Okay, you know, like a TV show. Oh, so this is like follows characters. You said it was like a montage. So this well, has like characters. This isn't like a here's what's. Gonna I mean, there happen. are montage. It does montage its way through things, but oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just watch the show. It's a fictional show that's a dystopian near future show 
that is like about the UK existing. And so America is kind of an afterthought, but they're in the background because Trump is obviously the most powerful man on earth. So it's just a super fucking good show, man. It's like, are it's there really robots insane. in it? Uh, then I don't give a shit. I think there actually is a robot in it. Dude, that's the thing. Yeah. It's just like a really, really incredible sci-fi show. And uh, mm. the only reason I'm not telling you specifics is I don't want to spoil it. But like at the yeah. end of the pilot, you're like, what the Sorry, fuck? Sorry, I just at first didn't even know if it followed characters. Oh, yeah. It follows or, a bunch of... It follows his family. You've been talking about how it just it's like what it says about America and where it's going. So I thought it was just like, you know... Like a documentary type show? There are some actually... There's like one documentary series, I guess on like A&E or like History Channel that was all just like, you know, if humans like died right now right <laughs> what would happen to all these buildings in place and they just kind of like play out like you know moss taking over everyone's houses and like deers like coming into our houses and making yeah. deer food in our kitchens right the no, deer no, this, apocalypse this show is honestly like <laughs> if if black mirror weren't an anthology show if Got black you. mirror followed characters and okay uh, it was like rooted in reality i'm on board Dude, it's crazy how good it is. Does anyone run blades? Do blade run ever? <laughs> yeah, actually, the original name was Running Blades. My favorite line from Blade Runner is, "You're the Blade Runner now, dog." <laughs> I do love You're that the line. Blade Runner now. Finding Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Blade Runner. Blade Runner Gump. I think, I think that has the same amount of syllables. Finding Forrester. Finding Blade Runner. Oh man! It's somebody make movie. this poster. You're the Blade Runner now, dog. Yeah, here's your basketball or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Scotsman. He's never even seen a basketball. Yeah. It's like, is this something you eat? Does You're this have meat inside of it? Now you wrote a book. <laughs> I didn't see the movie. <laughs> you should get glasses. Honestly, a, 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 a nice dystopian show I've been watching. I've got it up here on the big screen already. It's Neon Genesis Evangelion. And man, I've been wanting to recommend this to people. Is on this the like podcast. a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cartoon documentary. Dude, yeah. it's, it's basically hentai. It's like animated reality. Oh, it's hentai? It's extreme hentai, dude. A plane fucks a building. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Your 9-11 hentai. Uh, no, no, no. That was not a 9-11 joke. That Plane's was just a broad running into plane hitting buildings general. joke. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, you've definitely never made I am. I am no longer someone who makes 9-11 jokes. (laughs) Now it's just a broad spectrum of planes running. Look, yeah, guys, Dave has said on the podcast. Planes hit buildings is all I'm saying. No, go back a couple episodes. Dave said he'd never. (laughs) I am. Anyway. I am more. I'm just, I'm broader now. I'm a broad comic. Yeah. Um, well, some fans basically are really upset because the show just got put on Netflix, the mm. Neon Genesis Evangelion, and because they've changed the dub voices, oh. which were great. Like when I was growing up, I loved the show and I loved the voices. But now going back, I'm watching the uh, Japanese sub title and i would really recommend this to anybody this series is fucking incredible oh. and watching it with the original voices there's a whole subtext to the series that i was just completely missing oh really that everyone's japanese <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Honestly, yes. I really have been thinking about this for a while. And the problem is, you like, watch it and it's in English, but they just keep saying, Japan, 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 Japan. There's just some nuance to, like, the culture that I was like, oh, they're, like, expressing something very, like, Japanese about their, you know, that's, like, cultural. That if you're doing an American dub, it, it, the problem with the American dub is it's it's very good, but the voices are like, whoa, hey, oh yeah, uh oh, like it's very like American cartoon style. Yeah. Whereas this dub, I'm or, sorry, the subtitle like I'm watching. This is now I'm realizing this show is about a suicidally depressed bisexual teen. Whoa. I did not catch any of that watching the American dub. That's probably good for you. <laughs> but this show, now I'm watching, it's like, oh, this is about, like, you know, the trope of, like, it's a kid who has to be put in a big robot. Oh. But this is about, now watching the, the Japanese sub, this is a story about a kid who's basically suicidally depressed, oh. who has been completely cut off from his family and, like, they don't love him. And then it's like, we need you to go inside this big machine to, you know, save the city. But it, it has much more of a government kind of like forcing him to do we're it. We're forcing you to do this, and it's like, yeah, your 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 wants and desires are definitely secondary. Oh yeah. But much more watching this kid, like a lot of these decisions now read as, oh, this is a depressed person. Oh wow. So cool. it's like rewatching the series is like amazing, and uh, I really recommend people if you got Netflix, check it out. Wow, cool. I'm going to watch it. I've never I've been told my whole life to watch Evangelion and I haven't. Yeah, I always was to, up it was just I've like because it's good on how to say it <laughs> so many times. I think it's Evangelion, right? That's how you're supposed to say it. It doesn't matter. People have told me that. And I'm always like It's like well, a game of telephone where we've translated <laughs> made up words third party now. Yeah. <laughs> like these are already made up words now being translated third party. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's got to be Evan Jellion, right? Because his first name's Evan. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's Evan's it's, Jellion. Yeah, it's Sega Genesis Evan Jellion. Sega Genesis <laughs> Evan's Jellion. Evan's Jellion. Evan's you Jellion, check it out. dude. You know, also He's another Doctor Scholz in. <laughs> another thing you could do with your life is never watch anime. <laughs> totally, <laughs> that's another path that I totally respect. Yeah, dude. But if you were ever to dip in. Um, not I've, a bad way in. I've always, even when I was a little kid, I've always wondered why American dub voicing, even like it with, with uh, live action shit, the American dub is the same. It's always overacted, and I oh, don't yeah. understand why. Because it's our so acting weird. is so fucking over the top. Really? In comparison? I didn't know that. Well, it's just we are over the top. Oh, sure. Like Westerners and Americans, like we're just so fucking loud and big yeah. and... Well, Annoying. I mean, it just comes no, along just... with being awesome, you know. <laughs> but I mean, like, say, a, it, say, I, I, say I'm awesome. I am awesome, Dave Ross. You're not as cool a as a awesome. sumo wrestler. No Hashtag way, dude. awesome. Oh, no. really? As American as you are, you're nowhere near as cool as a sumo wrestler. Well, you've never seen me sumo. A dude who gets I do that the whole big. thing eating a fucking Carl's Jr. burger. Nah, dude. <laughs> they don't even eat burgers. Sumo wrestlers That's what eat I'm saying. soup. That's how they get that big. Well, they should call him a supo wrestler. <laughs> They eat a type of soup that gets you really fat. Yeah, fat soup. Yeah, fat's it, dude. <laughs> eat your fat soup. What's your soup? Probably a clam chowder. My soup is a Carl's Jr. burger. <laughs> I fucking put that shit oh, in a blender, damn. and then I shoot it into my mouth with a fucking super soaker, That's dude. That's really cool. And then I go vote for Trump. 
<laughs> so you can check Dave out uh, anywhere in the country doing his tour dates. Absolutely, uh, dude. You can confirmation this, uh, his Trump support yeah, <laughs> in yeah. person. Um, I'm headlining uh, Confederate Mount Rushmore. <laughs> 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 they made their own Mount Rushmore. They did, dude. But it's it's like, outside Atlanta. It's like, are you serious? You didn't know that? There's oh my a- god, dude! It's fucked up. Well, we have to go <laughs> and take a knee, dude, and record a live. Pod. I forget the name. Yeah, it's There's like a Confederate Mount Stonewall Rushmore? Jackson, Robert E. Lee. Yeah, well, first off, it's definitely not Mount Rushmore because that's yeah. I mean, so they. Oh, made it's their not own as impressive. Thing. Well, it's not Mount. Mm-hmm. It's that's a mountain. <laughs> so like, right? What did they call it? <laughs> well, it's a sculpture carved into the side of a cliff, and mm-hmm. so it's not as cool looking because they didn't shape entire rocks to look like faces, <laughs> but it's. They call it Confederate Mount Rushmore. Everyone looks like the thing from the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Like it's the most approximate. Stone Mountain is what it's called. Holy It's shit. in Georgia. Thanks, yeah. Aristotle. Wow. Aristotle wants to show us this racism right up close. Yeah, Aristotle loves racism. This is racist wow. cat, Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, okay. So, so wait, wait. This photo um, is of, I guess, three guys, and they're all riding horses. Yeah. And this is carved into the side of a mountain for the Confederate. <laughs> Yeah, look at some of the other photos. I'll show you people looking at but, it. But I can't. Yeah, there you I go. I just want to talk about this for five seconds. Like, they carved the horses. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, funny. I mean, Mount Rushmore, already I'm like, when they did like Teddy Roosevelt or whatever, they're like, the glasses, really? Right. We're doing the glasses. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You know, it's like. Can you imagine having to carve a horse for a racist? <laughs> That's really funny. I love the glass so much thing. Extra. It's funny, too. Um, they're like, make sure you get his zit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, carving Damn. horses. That's really interesting. I think it was... I, I don't I don't know. I, I wonder if it was to differentiate it from <laughs> Mount Rushmore. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot's different from Mount Rushmore. Yeah, well, I love that. This is just some weird Confederate uh, landmark that they've created, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's like... I, I per- Tear I, that mountain down. Right. Blow I, up the mountain. I mean, kind of, yeah, dude. Like, for <laughs> well, real, dude. Well, how how mm-hmm. can you actually change that, right? It's like you have to blow up the mountain to and- <laughs> get rid of that. Yeah, and they should, and they won't, but they should. They, it will never um, happen. I mean, it's that's like a fucked up part of being in the South. I I mm-hmm. love touring in the South. There's cool places there. There's cool people oh, yeah. there. Um, obviously, there's like the ob- there's like the obvious historical cool people problems. Who grew up in a shitty area are usually the coolest because it's like, right. wow, you had to be the one cool person here. So when I've said it before, you but like have the, adversity. <laughs> the weirdos and the punks in the South are yeah. the best. Yeah. They're the most creative. Yeah, totally. Uh, and uh, but yeah, there's that weird element of that where like one there's a part there's a stretch of I-65, I think in Alabama, it is in Alabama, where an organization bought a massive plot of land right next to the highway and put up a huge flagpole with a huge Confederate flag. So it literally waves over the fucking highway. And so you just have to drive under a goddamn Confederate flag sometimes. Wow. It's fucked up. <laughs> and so... Jesus. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, the, this between that and then this mountain thing, I just like, where's this money? Like, who, Totally. These guys have too much fucking money. Yeah. They're like, They're not only are we people. racist, we have to build the biggest racist like monument ever it's a burning cross that you can see from space (laughs) 
<laughs> that way any wow. space black people know to keep away from Earth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, Dude, like, wow, that's such a good like point. They, they make uh, like a Southern NASA. <laughs> Whoa, that's so funny. <laughs> to like make racist NASA. Racist NASA. We, we only send <laughs> white people to space. Yeah. It's called NASA. <laughs> All right. NASA. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Hampton, no. I don't like that no, at all. I don't either, but yeah. it's there <laughs> because... Man. Well, actually, that's a pretty good segue to what we're talking about this week. Space program. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about something really heavy uh, that involves a lot of colonialism and slavery stuff. But before we get into that, I have to. we have to plug your dates, We got to plug, We got to plug some dates, man. Our dates. Guys, to not talk about depressing stuff and just come see us do some delightful stand-up... <laughs> Hell you know, yeah, dude. Uh, buy us uh, French fries and uh, <laughs> hamburgers when we're there. And buy us hamburgers. Buy us a hamburger so we can live. I will gladly eat a hamburger today <laughs> and a hamburger tomorrow, or whatever the saying is. <laughs> uh, we will, of course, be in New York September 11th. And Which is not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> and it's not funny, so it's not funny, buy dude. tickets, but remember, it's not funny. It's not funny. Please dude. buy tickets so we can add a second show. Uh, look it up on either of our websites and unionhall.com. On 9-11, we want to be doing two shows. And two. <laughs> twin shows, twin, you might call them. Twin shows. <laughs> not funded by the Saudi government at all. Uh and uh, then that Friday, September 13th, I'll be in Chicago at uh, Shuba's Tavern. Buy tickets. Uh, Chicago, I'm coming out again. I can't wait to come out. I haven't been there since I recorded my album. And I have 25 new minutes. Oh. So that is not enough. Y'all are going to love me. I got seven new minutes, dude. <laughs> Since last time here at Chicago. Actually, that Portland show, I walked into that Portland show with three minutes, and I walked out of it with seven, so that's good. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that when we perform for our audience, it's different. It's like I, like everything is just so comfortable and amazing right away that uh, it just ends up being like a like talking and having fun show. Tr totally. Like Portland, I truly felt like I had yeah. no material, and then I yeah. did, like, we both did, like, 40 and no, I know. It exactly. was great. I can riff, but the audience has to be with me. Right, You know, exactly. it's like, that's, I was talking to you. I mean, I just did When? <laughs> right before the pot. And I was just, no. I just did a club and I was like, man, it's just doing audience, you know, like, these are club crowds. They are there for a bachelorette party. Right. They are there for like, it's my friend's birthday or like we got club tickets or something. And yeah. it, it was really, it was really shitty. Like, I just, I hate doing these, these crowds that don't like comedy either. did you meet any podcast fans i there? met one the whole well, that's weekend cool though yeah but it should have been more man i hear sure. you what you were saying earlier where it's like you know people who like us they probably wouldn't even come to a comedy club <laughs> <laughs> right like, you wouldn't go to a chuckle tea certainly wouldn't want to <laughs> um yeah I yeah totally well fuck man I'm sorry that's that was hard no I I think it's a learning it's definitely a learning experience and I had fun other ways like there's tons to go do in the area yeah so where, where but this is why we're doing more shit uh, <laughs> together New York 9/11 which is not funny and um, <laughs> at I'll be in Chicago on that Friday sadly yeah we were talking about it sadly I couldn't make it to Chicago because I have to stay in New York because I haven't seen my family in the East Coast 
in a decade. So I got to <laughs> stay. But in that same trip, these dates aren't going up yet because I uh, don't entirely have them yet. But I know I'm doing them. I'm going to be in Boston, Manchester, New Hampshire, and Portland, Maine. Um, and uh, also, though, in the meantime... At the end of July, I'm headlining the Grolix in Denver. I believe that's July 27th. And then I'm also going to be in the Denver area again uh, and in the Southwest in August. Um, and all those dates will be on my website soon, davetotheross.com. Should they come out and laugh? I think that you should come out and laugh. <laughs> should you guys come out and, come out and laugh. give it a good laugh? Oh, dude, I just saw a Pup in L.A. They were here, two shows. Aristotle came. Mutual friends of the show. Friends of the pod. Friends of the pod, Pup. And I met some Suicide Buddies fans. Oh, really? They just like came up to me, and they were like, are you Dave? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we came here from Memphis to see Pup, and we were wondering <laughs> if you'd be here. Are you the Dave? Are you Dave? Are and you I was like, Dave? yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm Dave Waite. And they're like, cool, we love Dave Waite. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Wait. No, 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 no. They were like, are you Dave Guys, Ross? there's another comic called Dave Waite. He's very funny. He's a really nice guy. So sweet. <laughs> I think you're doing such a specific reference to reference. <laughs> oh, that's true. Guys, Dave Waite. Also wasn't a particularly funny joke, even if you know who he is. <laughs> so, but no, they were like, are you Dave Ross? And I was like, yeah. And then uh, they were like, yeah, we are, love Suicide Buddies and we love Pup. It was cool. And he also said that they found the show from listening to Stefan. So that's oh cool. That's good. Oh damn. <clears throat> it's cool when the work works. <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, we're gonna bring it down uh, on this next uh, half. We're gonna be talking about. I'm gonna uh, say this. I'm probably not gonna open my mouth once because uh, <laughs> I'm terrified of what we're talking about. All right, Dave out. <laughs> I think there's enough that you will be able to appreciate from just sheer morbid uh, obsession. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, this episode, we'll be talking about a guy named Oda Benga, who was um, a pygmy. We'll go into that a little bit later. Uh, who was uh, bought, basically, from Africa in kind of a post-slavery times and brought to America. And uh, he found his way into being an exhibit inside of the Bronx Zoo. In 1906. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be fucked up, but uh, let's get into it. Doesn't matter what they say, cause I'm gonna get my way. If I don't want to go. Day? Oh, God, what? Show people got <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Show people got no reason to live. <laughs> is that a real song? Yeah, by Randy Newman. Yes, damn, he's amazing. He has a song called he's "Short so People." Great. Have no reason to live. <laughs> he just Jesus. He goes. He goes. They got <laughs> little hands, kind of feet. They drive around in cars, going beep beep beep. Is it true? That's literally the lyrics of the song. Wow, I love it because it's <laughs> insane. So extreme. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't like know. a dead milkman song. <laughs> exactly. It's like his his way of like talking about society is to do it such layers of irony that you're mm -hmm. like he's being ironic, but then it's like that shit ages very poorly. And he literally right. has a song that's like show people shoot. <laughs> Kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem is that, like once 
you are even a little bit removed from the like culture something was created in, you don't have the cultural context anymore. So you're just like, wow, that's a good point. Yeah, you just don't. That's why comedy doesn't hold up. That's why. Wait, Bill Maher is funny every week. <laughs> well, Bill, at the same time, every he, week. Well, he's Bill funny. Maher, <laughs> Bill Maher's the exception to the rule. Bill Maher, yeah, there's got to be always one Wait, exception to the rule. SNL's funny every week. SNL is the exception to the rule. Live. Yeah. They're alive. They're alive. I like that we just check in on this. They're all cast of the exception people. to the rule. One week we check in. Are they live? Are they alive? I know. <laughs> alive from New York. Saturday Night Alive. Still <laughs> support. It's funny. Yeah, no. Uh, Colin Jost. But I mean, I, even though I do hate Bill Maher, I was talking about comedy from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he's in that camp too. But it's funny, like... Yeah, it doesn't age well. It doesn't. The big one yeah. for me is Carlin. People say yeah. they love Carlin. If you listen to Carlin, we've talked about it. He's just like, I hate my neighbor. <laughs> you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like him. And there's some stuff that Ooh. I'm like, still holds up in a, some way. I mean, but completely different. Like Blazing Saddles is one of the best comedies ever written, but it's like... It you have to see it through the context of when it For was sure. written. Like you can't be like, this was written yesterday. Totally. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, totally. What is happening? <laughs> 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 like, but uh, you know, comedy is that weird thing. But Randy Newman, um, I'll always remember that every time uh, I think about pygmies, <laughs> which is uh, oh weird, right? <laughs> Okay, it's literally I see. a it's a group of people who are they're genetically very short. They're very tiny. Yeah. Um. And uh, I looked into it, and apparently that happens because they all live uh, inside of like the Congo. They live inside of um, which has a low ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> It's so close <laughs> that I had to laugh almost. Like it's like the canopy, the lack, oh, like the they ceiling. get less sunlight. Yeah, the sun, the sunlight. Well, that's what. And there's one a lot reason. of cigarettes. And there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other <laughs> factors, but one thing they were pointing to is like yeah, there's like kind of a lack of like you know vitamin D coming in. Interesting. And like all these things that. <laughs> you know, kind of like stunted growth is actually not stunted growth. It's it's your body or the genetic conditioning to adapt to that oh. lifestyle. So it's actually like proving why you're so strong is like Interesting. you're you're adapting to this uh, to climate, less yeah, this sort of thing. Wow. Yeah, and so the jungle climate is really rough for humans, basically. Right. And that um, makes sense. Uh, I'm scared of bugs. <laughs> So that sounds real rough. <laughs> and I'm that tall. alone. That alone. <laughs> I know, dude. I want to be around all the bugs. <laughs> well, didn't you ever listen to Timon and Pumbaa? Like you just listen to them? You, you, yeah. Well, they they <laughs> sung to you. I assume you were listening. Yeah. There's bugs everywhere. Bugs. Kuna <laughs> Matata. Just eat bugs. <laughs> Doesn't mean just give shit. Just in bugs. You Quit know? asking questions. <laughs> just eat bugs. Bug, bug, bugs. <laughs> Did you ever? <laughs> this is a weird side note. Did you ever see that movie Snowpiercer? Oh hell yeah, dude! I love that movie. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. With Chris Evans. I like trains and I like snow. That's <laughs> my main reasons for liking it. <laughs> I'm a cold autistic man. <laughs> like two things: snow and trains. <laughs> well, in that movie, they were like, "Oh, uh, they find out what their food source is, and they're like, oh my god, it's bugs.'" 
they're crushing up bugs to make our like protein bars. And yeah. I was like, you live on a train. Yeah, dude. Like you were born on a train. Like mm-hmm. co- that cannot be the worst the thing, thing you're you worried about. Imagine. Like, wouldn't you be like a protein source that's like rich and I, nutritious? Would you be throwing and- a party like, thank God it's not people? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They could have just shown people and I would have understood what they were going for, but Made they were like revolted by like, oh my God, we've been eating bugs this whole time. Uh, bugs are gross. What do you think you're eating? Nothing else is alive. What do you think is happening? <laughs> what do you think is happening? Yeah, dude. You think it was peanut butter? <laughs> peanut butter can't survive in, in the snow. Well, it's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the people in Snowpiercer, man. I'm so stupid. The uh, It's crazy how stupid I am. Because I did really well in school, but I'm so obviously very dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, just embrace it. Yeah, it's good. Even as smart as I think I am, I I know I'm well, probably I'm smarter dumb. Well, smarter than you. Smarter than you. No way, dude. Smarter than you. <laughs> no smarter one. than you. No way, dude. <laughs> Last time I'm we played smarter chess. Smarter than Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> Last time Dave and I played chess, it was... Dead even. Yeah. We no winner, no loser. Just played checkers. We played we down to both of our how. both of our kings. <laughs> kings only? Kings only. We played chess kings only. <laughs> we played kings only. All right, kings only chess, dude. Wow, the, the lamest thing ever. The most hetero masculine hey, way to play chess. You want to play stalemate? Only. Uh, uh, what you do is it's just always a stalemate and you move around it's kind of like life <laughs> it's kind of like life it's kind of like how no matter how hard Damn. you try nothing gets good and nothing gets bad it's just middle of the road and then you die stalemate <laughs> hashtag stalemate well uh, is this funny also because uh, a king is basically the entire reason pygmies have such a horrible existence still to this day Wow. Uh, they've basically been genocided their whole time since Fuck Westerners God started damn. getting contact with them. They were like, oh my God, this is adorable. And like they started and they just, just treat them like shit. Treat them like shit. God damn it. Basically, the Congo, which is where Oda Benga is from, and that's where most of the pygmy culture is from, um, they were under control from Belgium, mm-hmm. which is so weird to me. Looking up the story, I was like, wait, did. Belgium have like slavery past the United States? Like, yeah. It turns out they did. Oh, good. <laughs> because a lot of that like European colonialization that was happening in Africa. Right. I mean, it's been just going on for a long time. It, yeah. They just called it different things and were basically just like press gang. They called it like people. indentured servitude or something like that, but it was the same thing. Yeah. It well, was just like, it was even worse at times. Like, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. yeah. What's funny is it's obviously not um, done in an in-your-face way, mm. but slavery still exists. I mean, human trafficking is a real yeah, thing. Totally. And people have to work off their their indentured servitude, but it's fucking slavery. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it yeah. does persist to this day. And I mean... Um, uh, yeah, like Belgium, kind of, huh? Kind of like how this was being conducted was a form of genocide, in a sense. Like where it's like, we go in, we kill everyone... We take the men that we want to work. Right. Everyone else is dead. So that's genocide. That's like, you know, that's not like we're just murdering you. You're like decimating wow. a culture to where they can't progress any further, basically. But on the other hand, Bruges is really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. 
because like no one gives Belgium no enough one gives shit. A fuck, this dude, dude <laughs> King Leopold II. This is the dude. He is equivalent to Hitler. Right. The level of people he killed in Africa. It's right. fucking insane. Right. Directly because he Belgium had like ownership of the Congo, and then they were like, "Oh my God, rubber is really important." This is all pre World War One, and it's just like rubber is such a huge industry. And the whole thing was like, we buy up a militia and we kill your village and then take the rubber. Right? Yeah. Well, we like you know take the workers and they go get the rubber, like everything. It's just like. We just own you. We're just taking everything. Man. So this dude is like a genocidal maniac, King Leopold II. Wow. It's yeah. so funny to think, too. Like, it's it's not it's not funny, the fact that any of that happened and the way it happened at all. No. Don't get me wrong. But it is, I've, it's always been really interesting to me. The thing, the, the those awful things, the thing, what they're done in the name of. Like, it's yeah. already fucked up enough to do it in the name of religion of a god. And I guess that probably makes less sense than this, but to think that it's like we're going to kill everyone for, for rubber. Yeah. It's really like <laughs> what kind of fucking assholes are we as a species that we need to make things out of rubber that badly? At that point, it really is just like capitalism. It's like right. well, the, that's it, what it is. Well, the yeah. rubber industry needs to make money. Rubber, spices, rubber fucking diamonds. In. Diamonds are literally just for looking at. Yeah. Completely worth. I mean, I guess what's fucked up about that too is that diamonds are actually great for like they're like a hard material. Everyone knows that, but that's not why people want them. They want them for looking at. And, I want to look at. It. And the rubber industry. This actually predates the diamond industry because the diamond industry hadn't really taken off just yet, and they're doing the exact same shit, like hobbling people, right. cutting off limbs, like right? All, oh, all of the most horrific practices of just like. Have I cried on this podcast before? I don't think I have, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> Who better to talk about colonialization than two, two white dudes? White marshmallow well, I mean, mayonnaise dudes. I knew going into this that it was going to be heavy, and I, you know. Oh, you know what? I didn't even mention this. The reason I've I've like tried not to talk about this one, but fans of our show keep suggesting this right. this guy. This has been like the sixth suggestion. Well, yeah, we have a lot of Nazi fans. <laughs> People were like, I'm please, kidding. please. I'm obviously me. kidding. <laughs> please, no, I mean, it's like kidding. a, are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, it's like the type of thing we should talk about. No, exactly. It's a lot of this is like stuff I didn't even know was happening. And I think that's better right. Well, that's why it's worth fucking talking yeah, exactly. about. And it, to yeah. anyone who ever, I mean, if you like listen to our podcast, I, I'll bet you that it's not a large percentage of people who listen to our podcast, but I'll bet you that there are some people that are like, these guys are comedians who love stupid comedy and talking about mental health, and I'm here for that. Why are they so goddamn liberal? You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I'll bet you it's not that many people, and even those people don't hate it. But I have heard people say, like, will I bring politics into it at all? And I do think that... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, this is like when politics just reaches that level where you're like, no, we're talking about genocide. We're yeah. talking about like, well, especially nowadays, like things. where the the argument that people that are anti talking about politics make is something to the effect of like, but it's so much better than it used to be. We're like past racism. <laughs> it's the same people that are be, that are just like, 
I think black people should shut up now because we're not even racists. We're the same, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, good and it's point. Like, we it's should tell stories thing. like this where it's like, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe well, fucking we should keep yeah, talking maybe, about this maybe and you you're should not shut that, up. Maybe you're not that progressed if you haven't even heard this sort of history. Exactly. You know, it's like, well, if you weren't even aware of where you come from, then, I mean, you probably don't. You haven't learned how to really deal with that identity just yet. Because I've had those thoughts. I, like, I try fucking so... I work very hard at, like, listening and, you know, sh and also shutting the fuck up and being a good person and, like, you know, deferring to people of color and women and LGBTQ people and stuff. But still, I've had the thought, like, well, I'm not racist, so why not... Like, we don't need to talk about it. I'm cool. <laughs> I've had that thought. You know, I've fucking been an idiot. We've all been idiots. But then, you know, you get reminded, right? This um, is how you remind me <laughs> of what yeah. I Roll really play the, am. Play it's the Creed not song. like you owed a banger. Raised in a pick me village. You know this song. You, like, know the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like weird, my man. history. So Oda Benga really um, is the guy we're going to be specifically talking about who's dealing with kind of all this. And he was born in 19, or, sorry, 1883. Uh, but we're going to skip ahead to 1904, uh, a little while longer, where at this point, Oda Benga has a wife and two kids. And at the same time, um, his name is S.P. Werner. Okay. Is being sent by the St. Louis uh, World's Fair basically to go get indigenous people uh -huh. and like we're gonna do like an anthropology exhibit of like at the world's fair just different yeah like we're gonna get the shortest people the tallest people we're gonna showcase yeah. like you all know the anthropology <laughs> 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 no at the time anthropology was like kind of a fledgling thing oh sure of like we're, we're, we're like trying to attach like a science to why we're so racist right this is like very uh, like adjacent to phrenology, where it's like, well, the size of someone's skull, Jesus you know, like Christ, really? all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like anthropology still exists to this day, and it is beneficial to always, of course, look at past um, societies and stuff. Yeah. But how that was kind of built out was as a way for white people to justify why they're on top. Damn, basically, is that fucking true about anthropology. Yeah, basically because they're the ones who created the science, and therefore huh. trying to kind of always validate why white people are, you know, like. Right. doing well or whatever uh, no i know it's uh, it's really crazy so like that's kind of the world's fair attitude at the time it's just like let's just showcase all the people and like get them on an exhibit that's fair right so sp Werner goes over to the congo and at this time oda uh oda's uh, village apparently when he went out on like a elephant hunting like expedition uh-huh uh, his entire village had just been killed by basically the like Belgian militias, oh, like okay. doing the shit of like capturing people, enslaving people. Like Oda Benga had nowhere to really go. Um, you know, like his family was killed. I'm sure that was incredibly traumatic uh, for him. And then not oh, his family, right? Because the whole village is fucking killed. Yeah, like uh, his family was killed, and basically comes back, and not long after, he's captured by slavers, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and the same sort of thing of like, do you want, you know, like to, this guy to work in the rubber industry? Like, it, you know, this is what the slavery was, you know? And I mean, it was kind of out in the open, you know? And so, 
S.P. Werner uh, sees him, meets him, and uh, like buys him uh, and starts traveling with him. Um, and, you know, he, he was kind of sent there to go find pygmies. He finds this pygmy, and he actually really likes this guy, and they get along and everything. And then um, uh, I guess Oda's kind of told what's, what's happening here, and, you know, we're going to go to the America, and, like, he uses Oda to, like, get other like pygmies to come and like other people to like oh. come along and everything. So this dude's approach is to be like congenial about it. He's yeah. not like capturing them. I don't know. I mean, the whole system is oppressive and awful. You know what I mean? Well, duh. But, but yeah, like, exactly. So yeah. It, it would seem like he's trying to like extricate this person right okay and everything and like, like convincing him that he's doing it of his own free will yeah and like yeah and oh it'll be so much better cool. over in america right. and everything and uh it's it's somewhat better i don't know like uh in some sense i mean not really they go over to um america and like basically oda and the pygmies are presented as like cannibals it's like, you can't, you're like, these people will rip you to shreds. Okay. Because these people are fucking crazy. And Oda has, um, he has sharpened teeth. Right. Which, yeah. that was um, like a thing that the pygmy. Yeah, I showed you that earlier. At, at first, I thought that was, a, I was like horrified. I was like, this is a thing they like make, they did to them. But apparently, this is actually something in pygmy culture is to like sharpen your teeth. Wow. And, um, so he looked like a street shark. Like he really had like Whoa. shark mouth. <laughs> like street <Wow>. shark mouth. <laughs> street, totally totally jawsome. Street yeah. shark tank. <laughs> street shark tank. Okay. Right, my idea is to make my teeth look like this. <laughs> to, to, to do this. So I think that was like part of the cannibal thing is like, and look at his teeth. They're oh, like a right. sharks. You know, like it's just like they'll rip you to shreds, but it was Ugh. more just like a ceremonial sort of thing, you know? Sure. Um so Oda then goes to St. Louis. <laughs> oh. Not that prestigious. Sure. But uh he goes to the World's Fair and um at the time like SP Werner like has malaria and he's not like really watching what how they're being treated. Um all the pygmies coming over and they're being much more treated like they're savages, they're cannibals like yeah, like a just... part of it was PR, but then like it got out of control. Like with people being like, "These are are they in cages? Like, what's the deal? How are they? In what way are they presented to people at the World's Fair? Are they just like walking around? They're on stage? Do you know? Yeah, uh, uh, they definitely they had autonomy at some points, but then like it kind of became like, let's put them in the cages. Like it was a lot of this sounds very gradual. Yeah, how a lot of this happened, or at least like not immediate. Uh, like at first, I think like Werner was trying to be like these are people from another culture, uh, and like doing a little bit of like sensationalism, but then I but think just it, legitimately trying to say like this is something who that's different from our culture, and then it turned into a, like a fucking sideshow kind of shit. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> basically. So were there? So like they went, they got brought to the World's Fair. So the World's Fair is like a carnival, right? You know what I mean. So it's like you're trying to be like, no, these are people, and like slavery's over, and like they can like walk around. This is right, you know. But like they're 
being harassed or like it's not right you people know. are like heckling them and shit like that yeah and do they do anything aside from just like well basically they they along with another group of um american indians were also being at the world's fair kind of mm-hmm. a, this sort of like check out other like cultures other- shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was really like more racist for sure but yeah it was like uh an, an exhibit that featured geronimo the guy was oh. there. Like Geronimo was just there being like, hey, what's up? I'm Geronimo. And like, Whoa. you know, just like have to sit and like answer questions. And like people come by and just look at you. Crazy. And so like there was this whole kind of Native American display, which maybe they were a little bit more savvy at this point to how like Westerners, you know, saw them. And they were like, well, we put on like a show. Right. And so then the pygmies started doing the same thing of like, let's put on like a show of like, hunting or something yeah exactly like making something like you know as opposed to like trying to acclimate to a society it's more like let's just act like you know the savages the most fucking cookie cutter version of what they act like what they think we are right yeah 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 and apparently geronimo like was like he had respect for oda and was like you got it and like you know like he he, like gave him like arrowheads and like was just like i like you you know like (laughs) there's kind of a mutual understanding there I'm just like, white people are awful to us. Yeah, <laughs> are we, we going to take advantage of that? Um, well, uh, at that point, the World's Fair is over. So then it's like, you know. When was he in the World's Fair? Was that, that was in 1906? Or, that, or was uh, 1906 when he. Uh, yeah, 1904. Okay. Yeah, 1904 was when that happened. Okay. Um, and then, so. The thing, uh, the World's Fair was over, but Werner was like, you know, really, I don't know how to define this relationship, but I don't think he was trying to be cruel per se, or maybe he was, but it's just hard to say. Like with Oda, he seemed to have some sort of vested interest. Yeah. And with a lot of these people, like basically the World's Fair is over and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to Africa. Oda, do you want to come back? Like, so... Oda and him go back to Africa and just travel around for like a long time. And like Oda stays oh, wow. there for a little bit and gets a new wife huh. and um, she dies. <laughs> like oh, my God. she gets bitten by a snake right. and dies. And uh, like at this point, I'm like, my God, this guy has been through so much fucking awful shit. Yeah. So he, he o- Oda is like, I've been away for so long and my wife's dead and no one really gets me here. And like, he doesn't really adapt back to that culture. And he's like, I want to, I want to go back. I want to go back to America with you. Uh, so he goes back with who, with Werner. Oh, wow. Goes back with Werner. Um, and, uh, they, Werner works to get him basically same sort of deal, but as the world's fair, but at the American museum of natural uh, history in New York City. Whoa. Where it's like, he's going to have a room, he's going to get paid a wage, he's going to like have autonomy to walk around, and he's also in one of these exhibits. Whoa. So it was kind of insane that like Werner fought for all that. Apparently, like the museum was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like you're asking so much. But they did grant it. And basically, that was what Oda did for the next couple years was like, go around this museum and like, you know, put on a presentation and like they dressed him up in like kind of like Southern linen right. clothing and like just 
tried to the whole thing was about like missing link was this whole thing they were pursuing anthropologists was just like there's there must be some sort of missing link people that still exist and look they can wear our clothes but meanwhile oda oda's not a missing link he's a regular he's human a being he's just like yeah i'm wearing clothes like this isn't <laughs> you could put me next to a monkey it doesn't make it doesn't make this Dude. any more logical what you're doing so right. Oda's like pretty savvy. He's a really smart guy, actually. Yeah, like he's yeah. learning the language. He's learning like how to like deal with all these people. Uh-huh. And like there's times where, say, at the um American Museum of Natural History, that they're always putting him out, like to be like, Oh, we're having like a philanthropist come visit. Like we they have to meet Oda. You know, like and so at one point they have um this woman, Florence Guggenheim which huh. you might know from the Guggenheim, right. <laughs> you know, like charity, Guggenheim, gi- right, gigantic right. institution. Yeah, she's like a young girl and like they go there and like, Oda, uh, give her a chair, you know, like draw her chair out. And he just throws a chair at her to fuck with them. <laughs> like at this point, Oda is so fucking over it. <laughs> yeah. He's really mad. Like he comes back and he's in that museum. So he didn't like Africa or going back to Africa. He, comes back to america and he's like i am hating being an exhibit right at this point yeah and like you know he's just having like such a hard time with um like enjoying that you know and the funny thing is that it just gets worse (laughs) like sure i mean how could it get better i mean it's the only way you're making money he's getting ogled every day i mean getting ogled right away that sucks but i'm sure that there's like a very rude element on top of the just inherent rudeness of someone looking at you like you're fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. here's a, here's an inherent rudeness. This is like how we found out about Oda is through other people writing about what they think he must have been feeling. Wow. You know, so this is this is a nice um uh little thing that was written. The writers Bradford and Bloom imagined his feelings. This is in the Wikipedia. Imagined. Just <laughs> imagined ask his him. Feelings. That's so crazy. <laughs> what at first held his attention now made him want to flee. It was maddening to be inside, to be swallowed whole so long. He had an imag- he had an image of himself, stuffed behind glass, but somehow still alive, crouching over a fake campfire, feeding meat to a lifeless child. Museum silence became a source of torment, a kind of noise. He needed birdsong, breezes, trees. Wow. Which is maybe an oversimplification, but it's like, I imagine being locked in a museum all day is a really fucking sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially people people being like, oh, he's weird. (laughs) Right. Oh, mommy, I'm scared. It's different from me. And even though he gets to like leave, go to his room, like walk around, it's like, that's your job. Yeah. It's like, it's just being dehumanized. just be looked at. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's total... Well, and just like, yeah, you're aware of how racist it is, but no one thinks it is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So he's there. He's there for a while, and then basically the History Museum's like, we can't afford this. Like, they were paying him, like, kind of good money. And just like, this is also becoming increasingly, like, weird. (laughs) Like you have to understand also the climate the of museum. yeah exactly the climate of America is like okay what are we doing like yeah. what is this you know like um yeah. and, and so it oddly goes worse where it's then Werner you know he's like 
Werner doesn't have a ton of money. Like yeah. he's been trying to help out Oda, but then this is like the relationships falling apart. Oda's like throwing stuff at like philanthropists' daughters and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Just like I don't want to fuck a beer. <laughs> and so then they're like, "All right, well, there's a deal I've worked out with the Bronx Zoo." God <laughs> damn, dude. It gets worse. Yeah. So basically, at first, like Oda's being kind of same thing as the museum is like you can walk around. Like he's being hired almost to like take care of the exhibits. Like he's being hired to like help take care of animals and stuff. But like very quickly, it's becoming like because he's a pygmy and he's here, and Oof. it becomes more about like trying to sensationalize him being there, and then like. Eventually, yeah, not even eventually, just putting him in a cage, like, fairly quick. At the Bronx Zoo. Yeah, like a big, a large enclosure. Oh, a big one. Well, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 that's all you had to say. It's a big cage. Dave, have you ever thought about how the world's just a big cage? Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to break my rusty cage. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm looking here kind of at the, uh, the Wikipedia just to confirm. Yeah, I mean, he was allowed you know. to walk around the grounds, which is, I don't know why I'm, like, I just need people he to He was allowed to walk around. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> my own dumb naivete to this was like, I guess they filed his teeth into spikes. Like, I didn't even figure he did that to himself. Like, I was right. like, oh, he's, he's well, being billed as a cannibal, and, like, some P.T. Barnum did that to him. And yeah, like, I mean, no, I feel actually, like... Uh, if they if he is in a cage, then it's not that crazy to think they did other <laughs> abusive things. But yeah, yeah, yeah and I they, know like you could yeah, say like he really agreed to be in it, and sure he's allowed to walk around. But it was like the next work he could even just get, right? Sure, you know what I mean? Sure, it's just sure. like he knows nothing else other right. than this life he's been completely roped into. And so, yeah, like, they're putting him in an exhibit with, like, an orangutan at times. Like, come see him, and he'll be in the, in the enclosure with this orangutan for, like, time. And so people, here's the thing. It, it was, like, sensational in that people came out. Yeah. People were very quickly horrified by this. Yeah. Like, it's, so, it's really interesting that, like, apparently just the mass reaction was, like, oh, fuck. Like... Really? It's just massively unpopular, even really? though people were coming up, but then it, you know, the amount of time it took for people to really realize this was... Was like immediate good. Bad, and yeah, like, um, here's the sign on his exhibit. Uh, the, Afrin, the African pygmy, Otabenga, age 23 years, height 4 feet 11 inches, weight 103 pounds, brought from the Kasai River, Congo Free State, South Central Africa, by Dr. Samuel P. Werner, exhibited each afternoon during September. <laughs> that was on his uh, exhibit Whoa. sign. That's fucking crazy, man. And Ooh. so people, not only just on a, like, it started to make the press, kind of like, a lot of his Why? career was always based in the press. Yeah, exactly. When he was first brought over, people were like, what? Like, he kind of always had the media following him. Like when he went to the St. Louis World's Fair, like press was there. They were like, what? You've been saying you're going to bring this pygmy and now you have him. And then like, goes to the American Natural History Museum. And then like people are following his story. Right. This is crazy. Yeah. And people kind of continually being upset. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really understanding why you're doing this. Um, So, uh, yeah. It's so. (laughs) 
cool. It's so interesting to think about that, how like the dynamic of that. People were following the story. People were upset about it. He kept, I'm just imagining like that in that era, there were people just like there are now that are like, why are you so upset? It's his choice. You know what I mean? These like fucking anti, like people who are mad about PC culture. I'm sure we're like, just let him live in a cage. <laughs> he picked it. These people that Despite I, all his rage. He's still going to break his <laughs> he, rusty cage. He picked his cage. <laughs> I I just am currently like pretty pissed off about how often online I see people being like, she's PC, yeah, like, shut up, God, it's so funny, everybody, shut up, and I uh, yeah, and I was just picturing that happening now, and people still defending it. I know they would. There are so many dumb people on earth. This anyway. is a there was a clergyman uh, who uh, kind of spoke for a lot of like the African-American like churches inside of New, New York, mm -hmm. uh, Baptists. And uh, he said, uh, I don't know how this is going to shape up this quote, because even if he's progressive, who knows? It might be racist. But he goes, uh, our race, we think, is depressed enough without exhibiting one of us with the apes. We think we are worthy of being considered human beings with souls. Uh, Gordon thought the exhibit was... Uh, hostile to Christianity and was effectively a promotion of Darwinism. Okay. The Darwinian theory is absolutely opposed to Christianity. Wow, this is so funny. This is exactly what I was saying. What a weird argument. Like, <laughs> At first, because he's the guy The reason who, this is bad is that yeah, it's this scientific. Is the guy who made all the public outcry and being like, this is fucking absurd to black people. And, and it's, it's like, literally just because, because it's against Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I did not realize that was why. That's Jesus fucking absurd. Fucking Christ, dude. They like yeah. literally, it couldn't be because he was yeah. concerned for the safety and humanity of this person. <laughs> dude, this is such an important story. Like this is only 1904 to like 1906. That's not that long ago. No, it's not that long ago. It's 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Or so. That's it. 113. And yeah. we were like, look <laughs> at Dave in a cage. Yeah. Marvel at it, his ability to wear hats. It was me. <laughs> Where I come from, we wear hats. Uh, the most boring like exhibit. And people were like, this is against God. Uh, Come see the cuck in his natural, <laughs> his natural environment. Call me a cuck. The, the Hampton Yunt exhibit. Now I'll change it to me. <laughs> the Hampton Yunt cuck exhibit. Marvel at him jacking off to hentai <laughs> and thinking his atheism is a form of morality. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, if. Uh, there are comedians who, if they get it their way, the cucks will be in zoos. <laughs> <laughs> Nick DiPaolo. Nick DiPaolo, yeah. Nick. That's who I was thinking about. Nick DiPaolo is one of those people who, like, DiPaolo. if this shit happened where we there were there were pygmies in the Bronx Zoo, he would be like, he would be like, he wants to be there. He chose. Why is it bad? Why is it I bad? I can't get enough of those peanuts at the Bronx Zoo. Those PC <laughs> people won't no, even let us keep other cultures at the zoo anymore. That is so <laughs> funny. Exactly. And this that's exactly why. It's like, this was the liberal guy. Right. It was the guy being like, don't you see? This goes against Christianity. Yeah. This is why this is upsetting. This is wrong, and <laughs> evolution is also wrong. 
Jesus Christ. Man. So people got really upset, though. Literally, there were, like, a ton of, like, articles, like, editorials written that people were just like, hey, so this is going on, and this is really awful. Like, right. people kind of took a moral stand that this is just clearly a man sure. in a cage. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> Like, dude. we don't, and they didn't even know, like, They you talked know. about it on the Young Turks. <laughs> Bill Maher. Bill Maher went crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically the zoo finally just removed Oda. Like they were like, you're fired. Well, we bought it. We bought that zoo. You bought the zoo. Well, I bought the zoo. And then I was like, well, we got to get rid of all this racist shit. Yeah. I own the zoo now. Some sort of employment (laughs) where they were like, you're terminated. You're fired. They fired him. Wow. La Vista. That is so yeah. crazy. Well, it's like the American Natural History Museum. This is like a form mm-hmm. of employment. Right. No, he's getting paid. I get it. No, that's, I know. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, not really. But it's yeah. just so funny to be yeah. like, not you were in a cage, but now you're fired. It's just like, <laughs> can we just they fucking... Got, <laughs> they called Trump to fire him. Yeah, totally. I'm sorry. You've not been performing so well in your cage. <laughs> we're going to have to let you go. You're fired. <laughs> They're good people yeah, on both sides of the cage. Not good enough to be in this cage anymore. <laughs> I know we've been monsters this whole time. So um, that guy who took the moral stand to kind of call out Oda Benga, uh, uh-huh. his, uh, his name was uh, Gordon, uh, James H. Gordon. And so when Benga is, you know, fired, I guess, from the zoo, Gordon's like, I'll help you out. And uh, he puts him in like, an orphan Another asylum. Cage. Yeah, goddamn. Jesus. It's called the fuck. Howard Colored Orphan Asylum. Um, it's a church-sponsored orphanage, which doesn't sound as bad as other in- asylums and orphanages I've definitely oh, heard sure. about in the history of this podcast. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, it's not glamorous. How old is Otabenga at this point? At this point, actually, I don't know. I'd say he's still in his like mid twenties. Because this all happened in the span of two years, right? So, because he killed he killed himself in two uh, thousand six. Yeah, this is now nineteen ten. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he lived a while, but I mean, yeah, this is all still like wait. Okay, sorry. Just to so I understand. Okay, he killed himself in two thousand ten, or he goes into the orphanage in two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Sorry, nineteen ten. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, uh, he kills himself in 1916. He goes to this orphanage in 1910. Oh, okay. So, but he the was, whole arc of the museum and the zoo all happens 1906. 1904 to yeah is when he's like you know in this whole state of being shipped around. 1904 to 1916 when he dies. Oh, okay. So that's. And he was born in 19, I'm sorry, 1883. God, guys, I really apologize, listeners to this, who are like really keeping track of the numbers. I'm so sorry for bouncing around there. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, the reason I'm asking all that stuff is I'm just curious, like, how old he was when this was happening. So he was born in 19, or uh, 1883, and so in 1906, yeah. he yeah. was 23. Yeah, he only lived to 32, and... Uh, yeah, so all of this is pretty much during his, you know. I also am curious how many years he was in those things. So was it like, so it was 1904 that he first came over yeah. to America? Yeah. And he was 21. And then he was like in the World's Fair for a bit, went back to Africa, came back in 1906, and that's when he was in the museum. And then over the course of four years, he was in that museum in a zoo. Yeah, I think so. That's so 
long <laughs> to oh, be in yeah. a fucking this is like zoo, his life. Dude? This is like, like all he, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's and crazy. So he goes to this orphanage asylum. Yeah. What did he do there? Like, what do you do with people who are who have nowhere to not live. able to, yeah, exactly, have no place in society sort of thing. But also still the press was kind of like following his story, you know, it's just like they didn't, I, I, that's so funny because this keeps coming up that it's like the press would not let him be. And I'm like, I wonder what that meant at that yeah. time, you know? It's like, was it just, well, things were taboo. There were things well, that like were like every, off. It can't be the same as like people. TMZ where it's like, Oda, 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 what do you think about like Britney Spears? <laughs> Honestly, Oda, Oda. Like, I'll bet you it was somewhat like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's dude. People have always I been fucking. I think it could have been. I just couldn't gossipy. imagine what it would be where it's like, yeah, apparently he was being hounded, you know? Really? Like, it's just people couldn't let it go that it was like, um, you know, so what's he up to? You know? Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, what he did and who he was was pretty nuts, man. Well, apparently, so he basically goes to this asylum, but he's, you know, he's old enough that it's like he's working and it's more just like he doesn't have like a full um, comprehension of the English language. So he's staying at the orphanage, learning more English. Yeah. He starts working at this tobacco farm and uh, they love him. Like apparently he's like he can like run up trees like incredibly quick and like he would like tell his life story and like people would just give him stuff all the time. Like, whoa, he was just like so fun and like, really? Yeah. They, you know, like he made friends and stuff. Um, but like he's living at the orphanage. Yeah. Okay. Or he lived like, there. Yeah, I think. And then, uh, yeah, they don't really specify, but he's then starting to work at this tobacco farm that they set him up with. So I don't know if there's a different living situation, okay. but this is all kind of related to. And yeah, where is other. he in New York? Well, no, this is in Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> okay. Which I'm I'm around that area, yeah. uh, or that's where I'm from, and like that's one of like. The weirdest like a, names. Yes. Lynchburg. Oh, totally, <laughs> like, dude. Virginia has like a lot of bergs, but Lynchburg is the one where you're like, um, Yikes. that can't be. <laughs> Virginia's also like. It's the home of the to Confederacy. To this day, yeah. It's, yeah, it's still fucking racist. Well, yeah, I, I, that's the funny thing is like uh, our governor uh, just got fired for like he had worn blackface in the that's right in the 80s so this is the thing is like throughout a lot of my comedy career me traveling around the united states i'll be like oh i'm from the south and they're like we're we're in the south i'll be like virginia and they're like that's not the real south wow i'm like yeah well our governor just got fired for blackface so (laughs) (laughs) believe me it was racist (laughs) believe me it's plenty racist in virginia it was the home of the confederacy yeah. <laughs> so, uh, isn't it where Robert E. Lee's from? Isn't what? he from Virginia? Robert E. Lee? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, Oda, uh, he's like trying to adapt. You know, he's like trying to learn the language, which I, I would never be able to fucking do at the age of like 30, you know, trying to learn English. And he, the uh, Gordon uh, guy pays for him to cap his teeth. So he caps all his teeth. Oh. To make him look regular oh. or Americanized. Regular. I guess. Yeah, sorry. Finally, <laughs> he looked regular. Classic Coke. Anyway, thanks regular style. For listening to our <laughs> mental health podcast where we think other people look weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. However, you look is okay with us as long as you look like us. Well, so a lot of, <laughs> I think at this point, 
Oda's life has been a lot of like shit. It's cool a stuff. lot of people kind of, of cool like uh, looking at him, staring at him, treating him like an outsider. And then like when yeah, cool stuff. he tries mm-hmm. to like Americanize himself or learn English or cap his teeth, he still feels completely out of place. Right. So he begins to get despondent and then he's like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the Congo. Like, I'm just tired of this shit. And then World War I breaks out. Mm. All travel's canceled uh, <laughs> for the indefinite future. Yeah. He cannot go back to the Congo. Uh, and this drives him then into a severely depressed state. And, uh, you know, in his final hours when he, he steals a gun or he finds a gun, basically he comes he gets a gun is, is how it's said. And uh, he shoots himself. And before he, he does, um, is in 1916, uh, he, he takes off all the caps on his teeth. Yeah. Revert his teeth back and then shoots himself. Well, Yeah. If he wanted to, like, die himself or something. He took something kind of like that. I, th- I where think the caps were probably like glued the fuck on, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, man, that's. I be mean, so when I looked at do. how they even do the sharpening of your teeth, oh, I, sure. I wanted to vomit, cry, because <laughs> it's like they do it with a machete. They just chip away at your teeth. What? <laughs> yeah, that's it. They just use a knife to cut off your teeth. <sighs> Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> Machete. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the so this is guy? Uh, the the guy who makes donuts? <laughs> Trejo's tacos and donuts? Well he has Trejo's coffee and donuts. Trejo's coffee. Trejo's tacos. And then there's a third one too. I forget what it is. More power to him, dude. I would love it if he became a national brand. Oh hell yeah. Danny man. Trejo. Absolutely. That'd be so great. Totally. He's more than ready. He's ready. Well, <laughs> apparently, uh, didn't we do something one time where you did a, um, like an attempts one, and it turned out Colonel Sanders? Oh, I don't know. I actually heard that. I think Colonel Sanders had attempted suicide. Damn, maybe we did, and I don't remember yeah. saying that. I don't remember <laughs> anything ever. He's like, I don't know. That's so funny for Danny Trejo to become like a Colonel Sanders type. Oh, totally. Life. Like Colonel Sanders also like was a complete failure at life till he was like 60. Wow. That is funny to think <laughs> that maybe in like been, of course, successful, the 24th yeah. century, Danny Trejo is just this like character played by celebrities on TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, <laughs> and he's just like this exaggerated version of him where he's just like killing everybody. Ooh. But get my donuts. <laughs> Hey, I just fucked your wife and killed your family. <laughs> Try a new Trejo's tacos. Would you kill for a donut? <laughs> well, I know I would. Because I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably murder people in prison. A fucking murderer. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, man. And so yeah. wait, say one more time where he was when he killed himself. Lynchburg, Virginia, working oh, at a right. tobacco farm. Oh. At that point, he was just despondent, and it was like, I don't really like it here, and I can't go back home now, apparently. Wow. Like, with World War One, it really was. People were like, this was the war to end wars. Yeah. And it was like, I guess the world's just at war now. Forever. So I'm never right. going to get to go home, you know? Jesus. And um, 
you know, it's hard to say. Like, there's no like. I mean, it's it's just a history of abuse, basically. Right. And him being the victim of victimization, like people kind of constantly putting him in, like, the, look at him, he's weird. Like, well, yeah. I mean, this is demoralizing, like, dehumanizing. Yeah. It's it sucks to like simplify it, but there's just no way that he didn't have PTSD. There's just no way. And there's, there's like I would n- bet. no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to assume too much, but I'm going to assume coming back from an elephant hunting trip and finding your family slaughtered exactly. and other friends of your family to being, put into slavery. To going to America and everyone's like, put wow. Yeah, exactly. And then you get put in an... Like, uh, you get told you're not a person. Yeah, yeah exactly. So... It's crazy, man. Because, yeah, it's like even the people who are like his benefactors are kind of in this same, it's this system of abuse. And it's a system of like, how else can we just ship them around or use them? <laughs> yeah. It's never like, how can we write this? Or like, right. You know, let's go over and king kill King Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. This, hom- this homicidal. Yeah, these stories of suicide are really interesting to talk about because it's like, it's hard. Uh, well, on this podcast, that more than anything to me is about keeping people safe and alive. Mm-hmm. It's like my main thing I want <laughs> to hear a story about somebody and be like, "Yeah, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but that's—I don't know if that's been my fascination, but I think there's something I get almost from it, where I'm like, you know, I of course there's no reason. It's more like I think there's. It's important to look at these stories not as not at the individual and like, yeah, I get it. It's more like what was going on in the culture. Right. Because it's important to recognize, say, stuff that we missed, because what are we missing right now? Right. What's going on right now? Where like, you know, suicide still exists and people still feel the pressure from a lot of like societal like influences. And it's like uh the funny thing is you almost can never see it when you're in it. It takes like 20 years later when you're like, oh my God, we were just making fun of gay people all the time on TV. Oh, right. Or like, you know, jokes say, this is just our sphere is jokes, right? Sure. We look back on like a John Hughes movie, which is like Americana. Wow. Teens and America, you know, he's, he's really talking about the American life. And it's like a lot of those John Hughes movies just have like rape as like kind of like an element in them. So it's like, a lot of this shit you don't see until your years past. Uh, all right, so the places I want you to boycott are the Bronx Zoo, <laughs> the American Museum of Natural History, and the World's Fair. <laughs> Any orphan asylums, <laughs> please boycott all these places. Uh, I mean, I already hate all zoos. <laughs> Because I just want to eat all the animals. You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm so uh, hungry. It's like seeing a menu, but there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no restaurant. Yeah, you know? totally. Like, uh, cook it all. <laughs> Can you put that penguin on that lion between I mean, two, zoos two are fucked up. Isn't that so crazy to think? It just They're just fucked up. It's just fucked up. No, dude, it's they're like in there for okay. a reason. Yeah, you're right. Those animals all did crimes. <laughs> yeah, that totally. giraffe is an arsonist. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's in there because he did some shit. Yeah, but shit. they burned down another zoo, <laughs> which is fine. They burned down another zoo. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon bonus episode out this week, patreon.com slash suicide buddies. It's a sequel episode to our last one about The Simpsons. We'll be talking about The Simpsons more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out. Yeah, also Hampton has a solo uh, episode out this week for our $10 patrons and up, too. So, yeah. 
Uh, hope you dig those. Thanks for listening. Peace See us on. in New York on 9-11, which is not funny. <laughs> or Chicago. Me, September 9-13, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye, John. Thank you so much for listening to Suicide Buddies. Remember, these suicide jokes that we tell, we do it because we are dark people that joke around about our own pain, and we hope that that'll help you and make you laugh. It's not because we think people committing suicide is funny or that we take suicide lightly. So if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, please, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline right away. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. They're always there. They will hear you, and they know what you've been through. So call if you need it, or reach out to people in your life, or whoever. There are resources. Feel better. Stay here with us on Earth. Glad you're alive, and thanks again for listening. Podcast Network.